This is the 7-Figure Agency Podcast. Discover the strategies and techniques to grow a highly successful and profitable digital marketing agency with your host, Josh Nelson. What is up? Hello and welcome. I'm super excited for today's episode of the 7-Figure Agency Podcast, our agency success interview series. Today, I'm, I'm joined by Samuel Klein of Cleaning in Motion. Um, Samuel's Gloria's agency from like 30K to over 104,000 in monthly recurring revenue in his niche, a very tight, narrowly defined commercial cleaning space. So, uh, Samuel, congratulations and thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Excited to, to be part of this podcast and, and share whatever knowledge I can share. So good, man. So I guess let's start off. Introduce yourself and kind of t- tell us a little bit about the niche you're in and kind of what the, what the business looks like right now. Perfect. Uh, well, I'm originally from Venezuela and uh, moved to the U.S. Uh, I guess almost uh, seven years ago, and, and I started like uh, most agencies in the seven figure as a generalist, uh, getting any type of clients that I could. Uh, and uh, then I had the opportunity to work uh, on my friend's company, who he owns a commercial cleaning company, uh, and after that. The rest was history, you know, like we performed great. Uh, he gave me a lot of room to experiment and try different things. And at that time, I also, at the same moment, I started knowing about your program. And I know that one of the requirements to, to make the program work for you was to niche down. Uh, so we have different uh, type of, uh, of niches, but we chose that one because we, we had uh, great results and one thing led to another and here we are, we focus on the commercial cleaning space. So good, man. Well, congratulations on growing the agency. Um, I remember vividly you being at one of the early Roadmap Live events, must have been three or four years ago, um, you in the room and just kind of seeing you blossom to this level is super exciting. So guys, if you're excited to hear about how Samuel grew the agency, how he lands clients, what his program looks like, what he's doing to retain, I know you've got some really cool things on scale and how you deliver, give me a yes, like a a visible yes in the comments. Give me a like, give me a share. Um, So Samuel, let's start off. Tell us us a little bit about what your program looks like. What is it that you're selling into this this, uh, commercial cleaning niche? Well, I guess the beauty about niching down is that you start also discovering niches inside the niches no yeah. uh, so we have a, a couple of programs and we do work with a lot of commercial cleaning franchises no so uh, one part of our, our program is to help them sell more franchise more cleaning franchise no uh, and uh, it's uh, somehow a b2c play and the other part of our program is to help them get more cleaning contracts no so we focus on on the b2b space as well uh, so uh, we started with very basic. Uh, I come from the Facebook ad school, so that's what I used to know before uh, joining the, the program and understanding better the industry and their needs. So we started uh, heavily invested in Facebook ads. Uh, and from there, we started plugging more uh, services. And, and today we offer everything you know, from uh, PPC, uh, design, websites, SEO. Uh, and uh, we also do a lot of coaching. Uh, we meet with our clients on a weekly basis, and I think that's a, a, a key component for success and, and retention. Uh, so we do coach them a lot, and we empower them with uh, the CRM. Uh, so we make sure that uh, 
as part of our coaching program that they use the tools that we empower them. Otherwise, it's very hard also for us to have control and see if uh, the leads that we're bringing uh, are being qualified and uh, if they're following uh, our program and our processes, no? Uh, because in our industry and in most industries, I believe that sometimes you have to grab the client's hand and, and learn the, and teach them the ropes and, and, and get them to where they, you want them to be. So your program can also be successful, no? So uh, we are our, our program is, is is basically depending on which side we we wanna offer. If it's uh, growing their franchise or getting more cleaning contracts, uh, we offer the PPC, uh, building the the whole funnel, uh, and uh, help them uh, manage the pipeline once they get the leads. Uh, help them close those leads, you know, that, that first is turning those leads into an appointment and those appointments into customers. Uh, so that's a little bit of, of our programs. We, we realized that it wasn't enough just to get the leads and, and, and hope for the best. We had to have also control over what happened with those leads. And uh, I believe that 50% of our programs that includes these coaching calls is help them, again, get those leads and turn them into customers. No? Love it. So it sounds pretty comprehensive, right? It's like Facebook ads is where it started, but then it blossomed to the websites and the SEO and the pay-per-click all the way through to like coaching them and training them on how to convert those leads into sales and kind of going end to end. Um, can you give us an idea what the what, what you're charging on a monthly basis for your services? My, uh, my, my average retainer start at, at 1500 uh, We usually start with, with uh, what we know it works. And from there, uh, once the, the client is comfortable with, with our service, we, of course, try to upsell. Uh, and, uh, and, and we do a great job at, at, at upselling. No, we do not try to offer all at once or $3,000 package uh, because most companies will fail to, to adapt or they get overwhelmed and they say, this is not for me. So uh, we also discovered that the best way at least to approach my, my niche and my clients is to start with a couple of services that make sense for them. Usually it's uh, following, it's bringing the leads and, and, and some email campaigns. We have a program that we call No Leads Left Behind, that it's a combination of email campaigns to help them follow up through their leads. Uh, and that's enough with the coaching calls. Uh, they get familiar, they get to, to know our team. And, we build a trust and then they start asking or we start showing them what else can we do for them. So our starting point is usually around 1500 And from there, uh, we I would say we have a, a, a big opportunity to increase to $3,000 per month. Love it. Yeah. So it's so kind of a healthy, a healthy base, but it kind of goes up as you grow. Um, Sahara Marketing is saying helping them close the deals is probably the difference maker in how quickly an agency grows. And I agree. I think you know the, the agency of the future isn't just thinking about generating leads. They're thinking about how do we generate leads, how do we help them convert those leads and actually make the money, whether that's through marketing automation or calling on the back end or, in, in San Juan's case, coaching them on how to do this better. Like that's It's a critical component of that process. So, Sam, well, you've got an interesting niche, which is commercial cleaning companies. Um, talk to us a little bit about how you landed on that niche because – I really believe this is one of the keys to growth in your agency, right? The fastest way to grow is to choose a niche, position yourself as the expert, you know, come up with an amazing program that crushes it for them. And then you can repeat that again and again. Talk us a little bit about like 
What is commercial cleaning? Like, is it the companies that go in and clean office buildings? And how did you how did you land on it? Correct. So commercial cleaning is, is exactly that. It's uh, companies that clean our businesses. No, it's not necessarily our offices. It, it can be from, uh, a, I don't know, medical spaces to uh, religious facilities to, to manufacturers, everything that it's B2B, no? Uh, it's uh, what they focus on. Uh, I, I know that there is in the program or uh, agencies that focus on residential cleaning, no, and and Ray has been uh, uh, one of Ray Malaski, who, who and I'm sorry if I pronounce your last name right. incorrectly, no, uh, has been a, a a great support for me at the beginning, no, and and, and he shared a lot of thoughts because he used to own also a cleaning company, uh, so uh, the way or, or the reason we chose that niche is so one because I had the opportunity to work on a cleaning company that was owned by a friend, which at the beginning I didn't charge him anything, but I knew that I could make any type of mistakes and he wouldn't uh, uh, blame me, you know, because I was very honest that I didn't have experience working with uh, these type of companies before. Uh, and of course, there was that friendship uh, trust that he knew that I was going to do everything that I can to uh, bring the results. So that's uh, the, the first step that, that we took to consider the niche. The second step was uh, following uh, your program. And, and at that moment was meeting with uh, Jeff, who was one of the coaches. And uh, he taught us how to do a good research to understand how big is the niche. No? Uh, so in our case, we realized that the niche is huge. There was more than 10,000 companies uh, making more than uh, 1.5 million uh, a year. Uh, and that seemed like a very good sweet spot for us, no? And uh, the other niches that we were considering at the moment, there were tons of agencies focusing on those ones. Uh, and uh, yeah, we decided to 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 jumble in after having three clients in the space. Uh, we realized that this was a, a great opportunity for us. I love it. So I think one of the key things you said there was you did your research, you made sure there was enough, you made sure they had the financial propensity to spend. Um, and you started where you had some experience, right? You got you got a friend that ran in that business, and you tested it. You proved the value, and that was kind of the genesis of okay, I can I can generate results for this niche, which helped you hop. And I think most of us we want to like jump into some random industry we don't have any experience in. All of the agencies that get great results, they usually start with the seedling of a client, like a client that they start to learn the industry, they start to prove their value, figure out like some certain things. And it sounds like then you've also got an advocate that's going to like plug you into their network, potentially be willing to be your, your case study or your testimonial. A hundred percent. And and I think the advocate part, it's key, you know, having a, a client that once you get the results, uh, there is that friendship or that relationship that at the beginning you have to invest a lot as well. So then you can ask for the referrals or testimonials or case studies that will be the foundation of, of, of everything you're going to do next to market your agency, no? Yeah, for sure. So let's talk, let's talk about that next. Like, so you got this client, you did good results. He was a friend. How did you parlay that into your first handful of clients in that same vertical? So uh, we also discovered that... that and this client was part of a franchise, which is great because it's a very close network that everybody refers to each other. So 
after that and after we get uh, got the results, uh, we start asking, of course, for introductions. Uh, the first three clients we barely cover our costs. I wasn't like uh, trying to make money in the sense that I'm gonna, you know, charge a, a very big retainer because I wasn't confident enough that I could replicate what I did for for my friend, for my first client in the, in the space uh, to our commercial cleaning company. So. Uh, I start testing or asking for for referrals uh, of other commercial cleaning friends that he had, uh, and we start working with uh, around three new clients. Where again, uh, at that point, I think my retainer was like almost a thousand dollars per month. But I was testing a lot of things. Uh, they knew I was uh, my only experience in the industry was with one specific client. Uh, but again, they trust me because it was a referral. So we start working with with around three. From one, we, we scaled to three. And then from three, we start asking again for referrals. And, and that's how we grew like up to $20,000, $30,000 per month. Uh, a lot of referrals. Uh, and then I start implementing most of the things that you teach. You know, the monthly webinar was very key for us. And the monthly webinar, we really, really focus on our Dream 100. I was, and yeah, we did Facebook ads and 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 we tried to to uh, shoot for the masses as well in in the cleaning industry. But we really personalize our message to the Dream 100, where I reach out personally each one of them via LinkedIn in a personalized message, send emails, and so on. And in my webinars, uh, even today. We get, I don't know, five, 10 uh, people attend the webinar, but uh, those five tens are my dream clients. And I only need to close one of them you know, to make the difference. So webinar has been a key component of our growth, as well as LinkedIn uh, uh, LinkedIn messages. You know? we, we reach out uh, LinkedIn. We have very cool uh, strategies where I send Loom videos via LinkedIn as well, where you have that preview of the video, so you make it more personalized. And uh, like anything, it's consistency, you know? Uh, if you choose one channel that you're gonna go all in, if it's a uh, cold email, Facebook ads, or whatever your acquisition channel is gonna be. For us uh, right now, it's webinar and LinkedIn, and we're starting to plug because we already have the processes in place to make that efforts recurring. Right now, we're gonna launch a podcast, we're gonna launch a book, we're gonna launch Facebook ads and, and more, more strategies to uh, grow faster, you know? Uh, but for now, just by referral, webinar, and LinkedIn has been uh, uh, enough to get us to this stage. Love it. Love it. So I might have missed it because I was having some issues with my mic. But so it sounds like nowadays you're doing webinars, you're doing LinkedIn, you're, you're tied into the internal networks. What, were the, what was like the, one, the, like the one to five play to go from your buddy to your buddy and five you know, other clients? Uh, webinar and, and LinkedIn, those two, okay. and uh, those two combined, because sometimes the LinkedIn strategy is invite them to a webinar, and also the LinkedIn strategy is telling them that we work with companies such as ABC, uh, and uh, offering a, a free consultation. We even offer a, a free Starbucks or free lunch if they don't like uh, what they're gonna hear. We will pay for their time. Uh, we try all of these messages, and and for them. It resonated a lot. We, we got actually a very good replies. But again, it's, it's because we were targeting our Dream 100, which we got to know very, very well. 
And so we believe, or I believe that, that the, the message was uh, spot on. We, of course, have LinkedIn campaigns that we try to target any cleaning industry and we get something here and there. But yeah, our focus always have been land the dream client because uh, as we all know, that working with the painful clients, uh, it can uh, be a major step back, no? No doubt. I think something you hammered on that I think everybody should, should pay close attention to you know, you can choose the, the pond that you fish in, right? And if you're fishing in the grand sea of all of the potential commercial cleaning companies or whatever your niche is with Facebook ads, with cold email, you're going to get spotty results. But if you really make the pond small, you choose, literally choose 100 clients like, okay, these are the clients I know would be a good fit that have the money. And you really go relentlessly after that small pond, you might get some outside of it. But you're going to get the right kind of clients, and you can really become omnipresent with your webinars, your LinkedIn communication, and how you reach out to that. And it sounds like that's been a big play for you, Samuel. A hundred percent. Correct. So good. So Sahara Marketing had a quick follow-up question for you. They're asking, um, you know, you're using webinar and LinkedIn to acquire clients. What's working best to drive leads for those clients um, on the other end? So... What we do to, to get results for our clients, it's a uh, PPC, Google AdWords. It's uh, the easiest solution now where usually it leads fast enough. Then we have uh, our program that, that we did a session in, in the seven figure as well that it's uh, behind. It's basically our eight types of email campaigns you know, from email and prospecting. Uh, we have a combination of uh, also using LinkedIn to reach out for their ideal clients and call email. So that's how we build their prospecting pipeline so they can also work on, 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 on those leads. And uh, we also have as part of this program uh, in these eight email campaigns, uh, we created uh, basically one specific campaign for each stage of their pipeline. You know? So for example, we created an email campaign for a, that we called proposal follow-up. We realized that most uh, sales reps suck at following up and they just follow up once or twice. And in the B2B space, you have to follow up up to 12 times sometimes. So we empower them with a proposal follow-up campaign where after they send a, a proposal, usually the leads start ghosting them and uh, uh, one month later, they can enroll this lead in this campaign and it will follow up specifically on that stage. Hey, I just sent you a proposal. I want to see if you had a time to revise it and so on. So like that, we created a, a lot of different campaigns for each stage of the, the pipeline. And that actually, that, that specific service has been a home run for us. Uh, where again, I'm, I'm happy to elaborate more about that, that specific strategy. Uh, but it's called it's email it's a ppc it's linkedin and it's seo no seo more focused on gmb which uh, it's crucial for the cleaning companies to have a, a good reputation and rank in the tree pack i love it so i mean i think what you've done that's great is you didn't just take the, the basic website seo pay-per-click and call it a day you were like okay my niche you know needs a little bit more high touch because it's b2b like they need like sales process and sales marketing automation. Um, they need some coaching for those sales reps to follow up on the leads because not everyone's just going to sign the contract. Um, I think all of us should be thinking about how do we iterate our offering to make sure it's it's going to generate the best results for the client base. Um, 
Bragg has a question here that's asking, do you have a yearly contract or, or is it month to month? Uh, my contracts are a little bit weird because uh, I asked for six months and it, it uh, auto-renew. Nevertheless, we also have a paragraph that says that if they're not happy, they can leave us whenever they want. They just have to give us a 30-day heads up. Uh, but at the beginning in the conversation, I always tell them, if you're not thinking about at least six months, we're not going to be a good fit for you. Uh, and uh, even the clients that we didn't get the desired results, they usually respect those six months. Uh, so, yeah, we, we don't want to take hostage anybody because also we, we meet on a weekly basis with most of our clients or every two weeks. So we do really have a very strong relationship. It can get very awkward if we're not getting the results or if they're not the right fit. So we don't want them that, that they're going to feel tied to a, a one-year contract if they're not happy. No? I think that's a, that's a good conversation to kind of pivot to, to retention, right? We've talked about what your program looks like. We've talked about your niche and how you picked it. We talked about how you land clients and position yourself in the industry. Um, now we're talking about what do we do to, to retain those clients on a month-over-month -month basis. One thing you just said that's it's a big the big thing all of us could do is put a put a contract in place. Like, don't say it's month to month, even though it probably is at the end of the day. Give them a time frame. We went to 12 months. It's like, look, if we're going to do business, it's going to be a 12-month relationship, right? And don't think this is going to happen overnight. And just psychologically getting your clients to buy in, not month to month, but long term, you're going to have better retention, right? Because their expectation is different. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to sue them if they cancel earlier. You're not going to let them out. It's just framing the expectation and putting it into the agreement that way, which it sounds like what you've done with your six-month agreement. Right, Sam? Well, no, correct. And, and don't get me wrong. I would love to, to close the one-year contract, but we realized that we got a lot of pushback. And, and again, people are, are, are they think it twice or they prefer testing our agencies or our service that uh, they don't have to commit for so long. Because uh, at this point, most companies that have been established and have been around for more than five, 10 years, which is our ideal client, they already have tried a lot of different agencies and services, no? So uh, for us, it was a, a really pushback to, to try to commit for a year that we try for a couple of months and we, we didn't accomplish it. It doesn't mean that it doesn't work, no? It's that for me, the way that I sell, uh, it, it wasn't a good fit and, and that's why we changed to six months and and also having that freedom that they can read it and they feel comfortable enough that they can leave whenever they want after uh, giving us 30 days heads up, no? Love it. So let's talk a little bit about like what else do you do to, to keep the clients long-term? Like what's your, what are some of your key retention strategies? I, I think uh, the, the key for our retention, retention which uh, I'm very proud is uh the coaching calls and we call it coaching calls at the beginning we could it was training it was just a, a, a meeting with, with them one-on-one -on -one and so on but at this point and we tell them since day one no the first eight weeks couple of months we're going to meet on a weekly basis with you and your team and after that we are going to shift to every two weeks unless something happened and you need us again uh, for a little bit longer on the weekly calls and we did train a lot of our account managers, which uh, they are amazing. And, and, and they were basically the, the reason of my, my retention. 
uh, to learn very well our processes, to learn very well our offer, and to learn very well the day industry. No, so in these coaching calls, what we do it's it's uh, very easy. It's just we share the screen, we walk them to or CRM, which uh, most of the agencies are using right now. Uh, it's a high level. So we go through the pipeline. We ask uh, if they feel comfortable using it. What questions do they have? What happened the, in this column that they have so many leads that they haven't moved around? Uh, we brainstorm ideas. Uh, maybe they want to prioritize uh, cleaning schools because uh, now schools uh, are... are uh, opening again so we create a campaign specifically for the schools we are a little bit flexible also with with the offers that, that we provide uh, because at this point we already have created so much content and so much uh, email campaigns and, and different type of campaigns that I don't mind offering as a one-time no not usually recurring but uh, as a one-time here and there to clients that already are part of our, our network and they've been with us for a, a, a long time. So the coaching calls, it's amazing. And even, and I don't say this proudly, but even when we got a, get a rough months where, where we don't get the desired results, uh, they still with us because there is communication. And uh, we found out that a lot of the complaints uh, of our clients when they come to us, is that they also always tell us ah, that the agency I used to work, we didn't know anything about it. We just uh, receive a report once a month and that's it. Uh, with this, again, on a weekly basis, when you meet with the owner, there is accountability on both sides, not only on our side to bring the results, but if they're not following up and they're not calling and they're not doing their part, they know that we're not going to get the, the, the results, no? So that, if I have to, to put one reason for my retention, it would be the coaching calls that today it's translated into much more. No, it's translating into the online courses that we are creating and making sure that they watch it to upselling because there is that trust with the account manager. So right now we are launching the, the concierge service. So it's easier for us to upsell as well. And, uh, or, or just to better test the service with a couple of clients and, and from there start scaling. So I think communication, it's it's 100% the key for retention. I love it. Great, great share. So when you say coaching calls, you're talking about your monthly check-ins. In your world, it's not like a group coaching thing. It's your account manager meeting. You just don't call it a check-in. You call it a coaching call. 100%. Very and. Cool. uh the, the also also is because we need them to use our tools to, for us to be successful, no? and uh, we really see it when when someone has their own CRM or or they don't connect. We know that that client's not gonna last uh, long, and uh, we also do not only meet with the owner. Uh, most of the time, it's the owner with a, a couple of more persons, or at this point, we only meet with the sales rep or with the person responsible for the leads. Uh, and we train that person. If, if tomorrow, I don't know, Josh is my client and you bring someone new to your team, the first thing that they do is that they call us so we can onboard them and train them in everything that we're doing marketing related and on the CRM and so on. So it, it is a little bit of coaching uh, because we also share knowledge from other clients and things that are working in the industry so they can apply it by themselves. But at the same time, yeah, it's... Oh, I would say 70% check-in. Love it. I love the, the, the phraseology around that because it's more value to the client 
as opposed to, hey, we just want to meet with you so we can go through some reports. Um, great, great insight there, guys. I think something, you know, everybody here can can take advantage of and kind of tap into. Um, you know, the next thing I'd like to talk a little about, I, if I recall correctly, like you joined Seven Figure Agency at about 17000 or so in monthly recurring revenue, mostly generalist. Now you're at 104000 in, in MRR, which is amazing. Well, like if you had to think about three shifts, pivots, decisions that you made that helped to accelerate that growth, um, what would those be? I think, well, first, of course, is niching down. Uh, but uh, committing to the niche, you know, uh, we were talking um, before jumping into the call that, and I believe uh, most people in, in, in this program or in similar programs can relate. You know, when you join a program and you see the new guy who joined six months, one year after, and suddenly, uh, I don't know, they join a 10K MRR and suddenly they are, again, a seven-figure agency and you're still there in the 20, 30s uh, struggling. Uh, and it really starts hitting, you know. And uh, the only thing different that they did is just following a model and committing to the, the the niche and learning to say no to other things that are distraction. So that took me a lot, a lot of time to to get it in my head and uh, and to not be afraid to say to other clients, no, or even friends and family that I only focus on the commercial cleaning space because it's a little bit weird. Uh, and before that, we used to have a lot of e-commerce and things like that. And, and you also have that uh, voice that says, what happened if this doesn't work? No, I'm going to alienate all of my, my clients. So uh, I, I think uh, one of the, of, of the number one challenge that I had, it was to commit to the niche. And, and it really made all the difference when I said, you know, it, I'm all in. Uh, so that's one. Uh, the other thing is uh, being part of the community. I think uh, same thing in that you have this feeling of uh, someone who, who scaled 10x quicker than you uh, because they follow the model and, and understanding what's working for other agencies, you know, and, and tapping into the network and asking questions and jumping one-on-one and, hey, can can can, do you mind if uh, I steal five minutes from you from other successful agencies uh, have also been a game changer uh, understanding the operation part which uh, for me before again uh, every time that we scale we we crush you know I used to have a 40k MRR before joining seven figure and boom 20k after losing a lot of clients and then again and then crashing again because I didn't have the processes in place or the people in place or the operation so I think that's something that, that has stuck with me as well a lot, uh, having processes so we can scale and, and, and the right trainings and the right tools and the right checklists and so on. Uh, so it's easier to not depend on one team member that it's the rock star and you can always plug and play a, a, a team member you know, and as you scale. So I think that in, in sales, no? Uh, I think what what's your saying? What get measured gets done. <laughs> so uh, measure everything that you're doing and understanding that I'm not gonna get to seven figure if I'm only getting three appointments per month or or three strategy sessions per month. No, uh, so sales uh, has been a, a crucial part in in plugging all these strategies that we talked at the beginning: the webinar, the book, the podcast, the, the email, everything that we're currently. Finally, taking it super serious and, and executing on it. 
uh, I think are my three takeaways. So good. So choosing the niche, plugging it into community, having like a brain trust that you can go to when you get stuck, when you need feedback, when you need advice, uh, and then dialing in the operation so that when you get the clients, you cannot get it out of the park for them without you know breaking everything in, in terms of team, in terms of capacity. And then focusing on sales, focusing yep. on business development, really having a target. How many strategy sessions per month have you been shooting for in, in your agency? We've been shooting for 25, and we usually land around 15. So, around 15 uh, or around have, 50? No, 15. Okay, good. 25. Uh, I love so, that. Uh, and we still have lots lots of to do with with uh, again with the uh, sales uh, i'm the only one currently selling uh, i can uh, not dream enough when will be the time that i can step out of sale That's your next big play, i know that exactly but uh, i'm not there yet no so so yeah little by little hey, well he just shared with you guys i hope everyone took note i hope everyone wrote down um first of all if we can get at least 15 strategy sessions per month with even just a, a, a decent close ratio, you're going to get momentum. You're going to get growth. Less than 15, it's going to be hard to grow. It's going to be hard to scale. So put that somewhere. Like, look, I need to be having at least 15 sales appointments per month. And about 15 on average, Sam Wells grown to 104,000 in monthly recurring, a, a healthy seven-figure digital marketing agency. The other thing he said that was really powerful was that if his benchmark is 15, he wasn't shooting for 15. He was shooting for 25. So any given month, he's trying to get 25 strategy sessions. And if he falls a little bit short, at least he hits that minimum threshold that's going to keep the new client engine purring, right, and ahead of churn. So really, really cool insights there, Sam. Well, thank you for sharing. My pleasure. Thanks. So here's a couple questions, and then we'll keep pressing forward. So Get Viral is asking, how many employees does it take to run an agency at that level, uh, the way you're structured? So right now we, we have, uh, I believe, 16 full-time uh, team members. Uh, I wouldn't pay too much attention to that uh, on how many employees because uh, we have seen amazing agencies doing uh, more than, than uh, what we're doing currently, and they have five, six uh, team members. No, uh, So the way that I structure my agency it's because I do these coaching calls and require more time to invest into the clients that has led me to to have a bigger team, no? Uh, but I I believe again from from my experience in the seven figure that there is a lot of agencies more, making more than seven figures and they have a, a smaller team. So uh, to answer the question, we have sixteen team members full time. Uh, but I believe, again, that you don't need 16. You, you can do it with five, eight, whatever is the number. No? Awesome. I think that parlays nicely into this question of scale, right? As you grow, as you scale, you've grown to 104,000 a month of recurring revenue. Um, you've got 17 full-time employees. I know you've done a lot of work in this front. You did a great training for the seven-figure agency community on like operations and how you've dialed this in. Um, what are some of your nuggets you can share with the group on how you've scaled the team while still keeping the level of service high. So uh, the, the way that, that uh, hiring is a process that takes so much time, no? Uh, and uh, really, if, if you need to, to start hiring or you're overwhelmed, you, you should know also that to get the right person, uh, it, it might take you a month or more, or more to find the, the ideal client, no? 
So working on a process that uh, you can replicate every time you need a new position, uh, it's going to save a lot of time. And uh, also it took me a lot of time to understand that. Going back to how important it is to put the, the processes and uh, operation in place. So having a, a, your own funnel on how to attract candidates and uh, a, don't waste time interviewing the people that are not a good fit, I think it, it's key. Uh, and the other thing is how do you know if it's a good fit or not is by, again, uh, understanding your values, understanding uh, your, your company culture, and and based on that knowing that you can train almost every skill but that part if it's not a good fit because the personality doesn't fit your agency it's not gonna go anywhere no and so uh, we learned that that we, we have our own pipeline or funnel to bring candidates and when i hire for a, a position let's say account manager i still have five other candidates that I like, that I interview, that when I need to scale, I'm going to start knocking on their doors. No? And if not, I just have to turn my LinkedIn ads for uh, recruiting or, or Indeed or whatever you use. We use LinkedIn uh, and uh, they, the process will start again. So that's how we scale the, the team. Me personally, uh, I always been somehow overstaffed. Uh, I like to, to play it safe. Uh, without, of course, hurting too much the, the revenue. Uh, but, uh, for example, at this point, I'm, I'm testing something new because one of the positions that is hardest for, for us to, to recruit is account manager because our account manager, again, they act as coaches and they have to, to run the meeting with the several people and they need certain type of skills. So what I'm doing right now, it's uh, I'm training in, in starting a relationship with uh, potential candidates without joining the uh, agency. So I still pay them a very small retainer. They still have their full-time job. Uh, but we're starting the conversation. We have a weekly meeting. And I know that when the time is right and when that person also trusts that this is the right fit for for uh, them, uh, I will make the offer. No, So I'm trying to... to see ahead a little bit and the tough positions to hire if you find a good candidate you should always keep the relationship open and, and the communication open so when the time comes you can you can bring them in no? i can hear you josh so good yeah i think there's some some great uh, takeaways there guys first of all having a hiring funnel right you know like not just thinking about your sales funnel which all of us are like, okay, what, you know, how am I getting appointments? How am I like closing the deals? But as you grow, if you're going to get to seven figures and, and multiple seven figures where Samuel's headed here, you need a, an, a funnel that's almost as well structured for recruiting talent, for like vetting that talent and for taking them through to, to the higher process. I think that's really insightful. The other thing that Samuel does and I've always done is to hire in advance, right? If, you're, if you've got consistent growth, and you know that you're going to have some additional revenue and some additional work that needs to be done, if you wind up waiting too long to make that hire, it can hurt your ability to retain, right? Because you're going to create a bad experience. Maybe you're going to tarnish your reputation in the industry. So while it's going to cut into your margins in the short term, as long as your growth engine is purring, it's smart to like hire a little bit in advance. Don't go crazy with it. Like You still need profit, but you know, hire a little bit in advance. I like that. And the other thing he said was, to hire slow, 
and fire fast. He didn't say fire fast, but hire slow. Like don't hire the first person that applies. As entrepreneurs, most of us are very quick start oriented. And so we just want like, I need somebody and I'm hire the first person. You need to be methodical, right? Get them to jump through some hoops, interview more than one candidate, make sure you get somebody good and hire slow, kind of slow that process down a little bit. And then keep in touch. Like if you've got a handful of people that were good, like Sam Wall said, just because they're not an immediate hire doesn't mean you shouldn't keep that relationship open so that when you do need them, you can you can grab right from your right from your bench, so to speak. Like you've got a waiting list of people that you're ready to bring on board. Right, Sam Wall? I have to say, Josh, that you're so good at summarizing things that <laughs> sometimes I just say, Whoa, did I just say that? <laughs> no. So Thanks for, for putting it in an easy way to understand to everyone. No, no absolutely. You, you explained it. You explained it perfectly. Um, let's talk a little bit about your no lead left behind program. Cause I, I know, you know, that's something that's, that's really, really pretty interesting. and something that you do great work with. Can you share a little bit of the, of the kind of the secret sauce behind how that works? Yeah, hundred percent. So no leads left behind uh, is exactly what the name uh, says. No, like, uh, there is hundreds of studies there. It's not my, my data by any means, but it says that uh, at least in the B2B space, and this applies for us as agencies, you know, we can uh, grab this program and, and start implementing it for ourselves and for the clients. Uh, but uh, even if it's B2C or, or B2B, you need at least uh, 10 to 12 touch points to close a client or sometimes just to get a meeting. Uh, but those uh, 12 to you know, uh, 10 to 12 touch points doesn't mean that it's when the lead is there. You no, know, when, when you just uh, acquire a new prospect and that's it. Uh, it also makes us realize that there is uh, each sales process or each sales uh, uh, pipeline has their own stages. You no, know? so for example, in the cleaning industry, we know that first you get the lead, then you have to call the lead, uh, then you have to set an appointment. Then after the appointment, you have to send a proposal. Then after the proposal, again, you have to follow up a lot until you can get an answer or a second meeting, and then you get the client. No? So what we did is try to understand what are the main stages of, uh, 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 of the pipeline of, of our industry and create a campaign specific for that stage of the pipeline. You know? So for us, or I believe in marketing, everything is about the right message at the right time to the right person. So we have uh, eight different type of email campaigns and uh, we combine depending again on the target. Sometimes it's email, text message and voice message. Sometimes it's just emails, depending on the information that we get from the lead. But we have a campaign that we call for prospecting that is just to grow their their pipeline and for them to give them something that they can work on so that it's call email and linkedin reach out that's the prospecting strategy that we use that you know besides paid advertising then we have another campaign that is a proposal follow-up which i already explained it's empowering people that we also realize that a lot of the sales rep in in I, this includes myself sometimes we waste so much time going after and following up a with leads that I know that the retainer is going to be less than a thousand dollars and same happened with my industry. I see these sales guys spending so much time pursuing a 200, $300 a month contract instead of focusing on the 5,000 a month contract. No. So we created a campaign that, okay, just follow up. Like you regularly do call the lead 
uh, after you send the proposal that if posting you just put them in this campaign and this campaign again because it's the right message at the right time to the right person will say things like hey a few days ago i just sent you a, a proposal i wanted to see if you took the time to revise it let me know if you have any questions and it, like that is like eight touch points and after that it will go to another campaign that we call it reactivation campaign and reactivation campaign we put we, we ask from day one to our clients, give me all of you the prospects that have raised their hand, that have shown some kind of interest in your service, that you never uh, done anything with them or, or the communication for some reason got stalled or, or, or that's it. No, there is no relationship at that point. So we put them in reactivation campaign, which is the most powerful campaign that we have or the most successful. Because that campaign, it says things like, hey, Josh, at some point in the past, you were interested about our cleaning services. I wanted to see if you're still in the market uh, for a service like this. Let me know. One week later, hey, Josh, sorry to bother you. I hope you remember me. But there was already established communication in the past. It doesn't matter if it was six months ago, one month, or five years. So we're trying to reactivate a database that the client provides us. And at the same time, after a certain period of, of uh, stages, not the leads that we get, we also end up in reactivation if uh, they don't close the lead. Like that, we have an R1 that is just review, asking for review campaign. Uh, then we have cancellation. So cancellation, it's an R very interesting campaign. And, and I love the answers of those, uh, of those messages because uh, people are very creative when you ask them for a second chance, no? Uh, and cancellation campaign is just grabbing all of the cancel accounts of our clients and asking for a second chance, which uh, surprisingly, you will realize that they gain customers again. Uh, and uh, it happens because they check sometimes, uh, uh, even for us as agencies, no, uh, a client cancel the service because the decision maker changed, because life situations, whatever it is, uh, but it doesn't mean that it, it was for a bad reason no, or, or a bad service that you provide. So in cancellation campaign, we just uh, uh, ask for a second chance. No, So we have post-proposal campaign, cancellation campaign, reactivation campaign, prospecting campaign, and uh, a re review campaign, and uh, I'm missing a couple of more. We have a specials campaign. Specials, again, is to upsell their current clientele which most, of, at least in my industry, they just close a client, they move to the next, uh, and they don't w spend any minute in trying to upsell their current clients. So uh, what we realized, and, and the reason we created this is because we had a client that was super frustrated that uh, they realized that one of their clients that, that is super happy with the service was hiring a carpet cleaning company because they don't realize that they do carpet cleaning as well. Because when you close a client, even for agencies, you close them for ABC and that's it, no? Uh, so it's important that every now and then you knock on the doors and you say, hey, we have this special or we have this new service or whatever you're going to offer. But it, it's a campaign specifically to upsell your current clients. And, and I know I'm missing one more, but overall, again, the, the, the whole concept is that you don't want to left any lead or any opportunity behind and 
you can uh, bulletproof yourself if you have campaigns for every stage of your pipeline, as long as you understand what are the steps that someone has to take to become a customer. So hopefully that that wasn't too complicated. <laughs> no, man, what a, what a powerful share, right, guys? So, you, I mean, he's looking at his entire customer journey for his clients. And instead of just generating a lead, which most of us do, we generate a lead. It's like, okay, we made we made the... We got them an inquiry on Facebook, or we got someone to call in from a Google ad. Um, and if that's all he did, like, you know, they wouldn't convert those leads. They'd say, oh, Sam, well, we're not making any money. He's looking at the entire life cycle. Thus, how do we turn that lead into an inquiry? How do we turn that inquiry into an appointment? And then setting up campaigns for each. My question for you as you're listening to this is, would your clients get better results if you did something like this for them? Yes. Would they be willing to st stay longer with you? Because it's like, man, I'm getting great return. Would they be willing to pay more? Absolutely. So really, I mean, this is this is next level thinking that Samuel's put in place that you should consider putting in place for your agency, especially you know if you're if you're like high ticket, recurring, and or like quote based projects. Yeah, and then overall, we don't, we don't want to. What what we think is like. What are the options? No, they can always hire an agency or they can hire someone in-house. If they hire someone in-house that will have the same skills as us, it, it, it's almost impossible. No, they need to know email marketing, uh, PPC, CRM, uh, automations, and so on. No? So uh, just by offering constantly email campaigns that everybody understands that email is, is crucial, uh, it, it helps a lot with the retention as well. So good. I, I Ryan uh, Ryan Davis posted Samuel is the man hashtag legend. I know it's him because of the hashtag Ryan, legend. You're the man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was awesome. I love the no leave left behind concept. I think all of you guys can can do something along those lines and really separate yourself from the competition. I think we have time for one more question, and this came from David Kunstak, uh, who works in the pressure cleaning space. He goes, um, on the fifteen hundred dollar initial package, do you have one off services or less? Option, like less expensive options when appropriate? So uh, I, I don't have uh, less expensive options. Uh, if I see what we have done is that if I see that it, it's our ideal client and they're just, uh, I don't know, pricing for some reason, uh, it's been a turn off. We have done, okay, let us try our service for 1200 something like that for the first three months. And then automatically we'll go for 1500 but we only we do that and, and we put it in the contract. No, it's not just uh, uh, trust me and that's it. Uh, so we have done that in the past for for, for at least three clients and it has worked very well. Uh, we we have our, our packages, you no know, like ABC, but depending on the client, we might mix things with A and things with B. You no, know? so. Uh, for some clients, for fifteen hundred, what we offer is the no leads left behind program with the PPC, uh, and that's it. Uh, for others, it's uh, a PPC and, and Google My Business. Uh, again, if we know that the client is not the type of client that is gonna jump with us, us on a weekly uh, basis, or the communication is super busy, you can tell those type of clients usually at the beginning of the relationship. We know that the no leads left behind program won't work for them because, uh, again, they have a lot of replies via email, a lot of replies via LinkedIn, and if they're not in front of the computer, it's completely useless. You know? So it's a uh, 1500 will include two 
services from the three that I'm going to mention, Google, uh, Google My Business, PPC, and No Leads Left Behind. Usually we combine two and we put it in in hundred. Nice. Great share. Very, very clear. Sam, well, this has been awesome, man. Thanks so much for sharing. Congratulations on growing your agency to seven figures. We celebrated that at the last thank intensive. You, thank you. It was amazing. And well beyond seven figures now at 104000 a month of recurring revenue. Uh, you talked about the niche. You talked about how you chose the niche. You talked about what you do to land clients, the, the delivery model, kind of what you're doing, how you're doing it. You talked about what you're doing to retain the clients once they sign up. It's some really cool insights on the coaching program. Uh, and then you talked about how you scaled, right? How you have 17 employees and some hiring. Um, one thing that you do that's that's unique, I think, is you have a lot of Latin American talent. Uh, can you talk just about the split between U.S.-based, international, and kind of how you manage a virtual team? Yeah. So uh, as I said at the beginning, I'm originally from Venezuela, so I speak the language. And the beauty that we also realize is that uh, – that's also a competitive advantage because the Hispanic market in the U.S. is huge. I think it's around 60 million people or 70 million. It's only growing an exponential pace. So we do a lot of our campaigns in Spanish as well. Uh, and uh, the team, uh, at the beginning, I didn't have uh, the money to invest and to hire a, a U.S.-based talent. Uh, and at the beginning, I mean, when, when I was uh, uh, my legacy agency, you know, so uh, I started, uh, who is my ideal client? I didn't know much about the agency world because uh, I never worked for an agency or I didn't know anybody that owns an agency. I just love marketing and, and went all in. So I started hiring people that I thought, uh, or, or they, I thought, no, they were actually smarter than me that uh, had a lot of experience uh, in the agency world. Uh, from Latin America, uh, and of course, it's much more affordable, and you can find amazing, amazing talent, uh, even uh, talent that they studied college in the U.S. and they went back for whatever reason. And we start just uh, reaching out via LinkedIn. Look, this is what I do. This is who I am. Uh, we'd love to set out a call if you're interested in a new opportunity. And uh, that's how I have hired all of my team, just by reaching out my ideal uh, a prospect via LinkedIn. And at this point, I'm trying to automate the, the, the process by creating my funnel, which I do. But we also have built like lists in Sales Navigator of account managers. So I have a list of uh, at least 40, 50 account managers that at least in their profile, of course, I don't know until I meet them, are they the perfect candidate. And like that, we have lists for everything for design, for, for all the key positions in the agency. And once we need, we just uh, plug the automation or start reaching out or, or the, the uh, VA start reaching out on my behalf until they do pre the pre-qualification, which is just uh, responding some uh, questions via video. And after that, if we like it, we jump on the first call. No? So good. And is, is, it, is there a big cost differential between hiring someone in the United States versus someone in Latin America? Yeah, it's huge. Uh, it's huge. And, and uh, overall, uh, it's also same as the Philippines. No? Like, uh, when you pay a, a nice salary in Latin America, uh, it's game changer for them and their families 100% completely. No? Uh, so we do pay way more than, than any other local company at least we try to 
Uh, and uh, and you can find amazing talent, really, really amazing talent. Also understanding like the, the best universities or the best uh, companies there. So, so you can try to reach out to those people. It helps a lot. But so when you do, yeah, when you do this right, you can get be like better talent that's more engaged because you're paying them at the top of the scale while still paying less than you would, significantly less than you would without some of the drama that you might get in the United States. Exactly. That's the other point. Like, uh, me personally, because uh, I, I didn't grow up here, I'm not very familiar with the laws of hiring here. I know a lot of uh, people that have struggled legally with uh, lawsuits and things like that. I avoid all those kind of things. And I don't have limitations or where can I hire and, and what type of experience. If I want someone who has 10 years of experience in PPC, again, in the U.S., it's almost 100K uh, per year. In, in Latin America, it can be half of that. No? Uh, so it's more expensive than the Philippines, uh, at least double or, or triple. I, I, again, I, I keep hearing people that hire in the Philippines for $400, $500. I, I don't know the range yet. Uh, but in Latin America, you can find great, great talent around the $2,000 a month mark. Really good. There's a question here. What's the split in your company between U.S. and international team members? I only have one person in the U.S., uh, actually two, because they moved from Latin America here. So it wasn't intentionally. And, and of course, uh, I readjust the salary. So at this point, we have two members in the U.S., uh, 14 members in Latin America. Actually, we have one in Gambia, which is very strange. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and a couple of in Philippines. The rest in Latin America. And if tomorrow I have to hire someone, uh, Latin America is my place to go. So good, man. So living, living proof that you can run a completely virtual or practically completely virtual team with the lion's share of the team international, um, if you're strategic with what, how you hire and how you train and how do you manage that process. Um, this has been awesome. Lots of great insights, lots of wisdom. Guys, if you're still listening, I know a lot of you guys are still on with us. Would love to just in the comments, what were some of your takeaways? What were some of your insights? Be sure to tag and thank Samuel for what he shared. Um, like As we wrap up, Samuel, what would be you know, what would be that last piece of wisdom you would drop on the agency owner that's just trying to get to the next level, whatever that is for them? I think uh, focus. Focus is the, the, the main thing. Uh, skills, you can always learn, you know, watching uh, the program or any online course, but uh, focus is so hard when, when you have so much uh, distraction and when you have this, uh, I don't know, someone an e-commerce asking you for something and you see that ah, it would be nice to have those uh, two thousand dollars a month in, in the bank at least for three four months because you know that uh, they might not uh, stay for long because it's not your your special so focusing in your niche and, and learning how to say no to to not only opportunities but uh, to distractions i think it, it makes all the difference in how fast you're going to grow Love it. Focus, focus, focus. Samuel, this has been great. Thanks so much for sharing. Congratulations on your, your growth. Keep crushing Thanks. it. And uh, we'll, we will end today's episode here. If you want to hear other interviews like this with other highly successful digital marketing agencies on how they've grown and scaled, be sure to go to sevenfigureagency.com. You can click on the podcast um, and you can listen to interviews just like this. So that's it for today. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. Go out there, take your agency to the next level, 
and we'll talk to you again soon.